This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Good morning, Cam. Morning, Todd. So a bit of an unprecedented week. Why don't you start by giving us a sense for what you're seeing in the data coming into this week? Uh, Coming into this week, what we saw was uh, full-scale liquidation of uh, fixed income uh, holdings, uh, I think very much tied to the fact that those are likely to return more of the initial investment than is the case with equity funds where you're locking in some of the carnage we saw in equity markets during the past week. Um, on the fixed income side, real uh, aversion to high yield debt, uh, which was starting to spread to municipal funds towards the end of the week. Uh, a somewhat more nuanced story on the equity funds side, uh, I definitely saw some searching for entry points uh, and a number of themes still seem to resonate positively with investors. So any markets in particular where you're seeing that uh, search for an entry point? Yes. So um, I'm seeing a pattern that I would describe as uh, sort of gravitating towards social cohesion. Uh, We definitely saw investors look to park money and funds dedicated to markets that you would expect to ride this out a bit better than others. Uh, Countries with uh, a fair degree of uh, sort of social uh, homogeneity and um, governments with reputations for being able to act decisively and get things done. Uh, So we saw decent flows into Singapore, Taiwan equity funds, uh, Norway, France equity funds, uh, UK, Hong Kong. So what about on the other side of the spectrum, we tend to look for flows into money market funds as being a, a sign of parking the money, putting it on the side, waiting for that entry point you were, you were speaking about. Are we seeing any activity with money market funds globally? Yes, we're seeing the, exactly the response you would expect. Um, last week uh, was uh, a new weekly inflow record for this fund group. That comes on the heels of 2019, which was a new full year uh, record for the group, most of that money coming in during the fourth quarter. So people are certainly, uh, again, looking to money market funds as uh, a place to park cash while they wait to see how things play out. So that's interesting. You mentioned the full year record inflows for money market funds. Is this merely the perhaps the straw that broke the camel's back and, and it's a continuing flight to safety that we saw starting in 2019? Well, there were some other underlying things driving that trend, Todd. Um, We've talked a little bit on previous podcasts about the role that demographics and the move of a large body of people in both the U.S. and Europe into retirement has played with this trend. Um, Certainly, last year was a fairly bumpy one for markets, too. Um, And with so many of the baby boomers here close to or heading into retirement, For some years now, we've seen a pattern of those people 
liquidating their equity uh, fund holdings and rotating that money into uh, fund groups they perceive as being safer, uh, the two main candidates being uh, investment-grade bond funds and money market funds. So as we look globally, are there any perhaps um, lights on the horizon, any markets that are seeing consistent inflows or or keep attracting money from investors? Yes. In addition to the ones I mentioned, which, as I said, I'm calling them social cohesion plays, uh, we've seen very steady inflows into Brazil equity funds. Brazil remains the one shining reform story uh, in the emerging markets universe. Uh, and investors, as they usually are, uh, are very hungry for anything uh, of that nature. Um, furthermore, Latin America is being seen, at least at the moment, uh, as a region that has responded uh, intelligently to the coronavirus epidemic. Um, a lot of measures went into place in a timely fashion. Uh, they had some infrastructure uh, and some policies in place uh, in Brazil from the Zika virus epidemic a couple of years back. Um, and uh, for the moment, Latin America seems to be a little bit of an exception, certainly in the emerging markets universe. So obviously, with the data that we track, there could be the impact of short selling especially within the ETFs that we look at. Are you seeing any areas where the inflows perhaps are actually negative sentiment driven by some of that shorting? Yes, that's a good question, Todd. We tend to see less of that at the country level where that tends to really show up um, is among our sector fund groups. Uh, and I certainly have to wonder at the two-plus billion that flowed into energy sector funds last week. Are there any other sectors where you think either we're seeing interesting inflows based on the current activity or perhaps some of that short selling? The the other the two areas where traditionally you tend to see that uh, is in the financial and consumer goods uh, sector funds. Um, financial sector funds are getting hammered. Um, people aren't uh, short selling, they're just selling there. The jury will obviously have to deliver a verdict, but there are signs that on the consumer goods front that uh, some of those funds may be seeing that short interest. So as we sit here, uh, the CDC mandated six feet apart. Uh, we obviously saw overnight the Fed announced that they would be lowering interest rates to near zero. Could you just speak a little bit about perhaps the impact we might see within this week? I know equity markets are already down, but what would you expect to see? I don't expect to see much as a direct response to that, though I think you, if you're going to cut, it's better to do it uh, as a preventative measure than... Uh, wait till things are really uh, sort of in a bad shape. Uh, but I think for this week, people are still trying to catch up to uh, the, the coronavirus and how it uh, will impact uh, economic activity uh, in most of the major markets. Uh, it has moved tremendously quickly, uh, and people are reacting almost day to day. So uh, I don't think that the Fed's move is going to do very much in terms of altering the flows this week. 
Do they have further tools at their disposal now that they're bringing rates down to nearly zero? What else can they do? Um, They can step up uh, quantitative easing again. Uh, After that, you're starting to dip into the uh, rather extreme policy toolkits that the uh, European Central Bank and the Bank of Japan have already deployed. Uh, but this is obviously a hard one for monetary policy to tackle since it's a, a, a supply shock at the moment. Um, it will become a demand shock uh, if the coronavirus measures stretch on into the summer. Um, so there's to expect too much of monetary policy, I think, would be a mistake. And I think I read over overnight there was, what, some $700 billion plan to be pumped into the uh, the system via quantitative easing? Yes. Now, I, I think they'll uh, do what, <laughs> to borrow Mario Draghi's words, do what it takes uh, uh, if they think it will help. Um, at the moment, they're uh, somewhat like us, a little bit in firefighting mode. Um, things have moved so quickly, it's not clear where the stress points will be. Um, but at least showing willing at this stage may head off some uh, more painful uh, corrections, crashes, bubbles popping uh, than would be the case if they uh, didn't make it clear they were going to deploy as the tools that they have. In this moment, looking forward three months, do you anticipate the U.S. going negative with their interest rate? Uh, if if coronavirus is still sort of exercising a major impact uh, on on uh, proceedings, then I think that there will be a chance that that will happen. Uh, at the moment, the best guess is that in the second half of the year, we'll be moving clear uh, of the immediate impacts, um, and there will be a re- rebound of sorts. Uh, pent-up demand, uh, restocking, um, in which case uh, that would simply be (laughs) adding fuel to a fire that is hopefully um, sort of gaining uh, anyway. Over the next few weeks, are there any events that you're looking towards to uh, see how things are progressing? What I will be watching is uh, how things start to play out in China. Uh, They have obviously been dealing with the coronavirus for longer than anyone else. Uh, In this past week, it seemed like the very draconian measures they have applied were starting to pay off in terms of flattening uh, and indeed uh, reversing the rate of new infections. Uh, though there's some news that was coming out today that that uh, reversal uh, had not lasted as people there tried to go back to work and uh, reopen some of the channels for infection. Uh, But certainly the pattern of how things play out in China, I think, is as good a clue as to what we may have coming as anything I can think of at the moment. And similarly, I'll be watching for the daily U.S. cases. Uh, They're announcing those on a regular basis. It'll be interesting to see how a lot of these measures that people are putting into place, businesses, governments, organizations, etc., what impact that's going to have on, on either a continuing rise in cases or perhaps lowering the curve as as everyone's 
looking to do. Right. Well, and there's still some sort of philosophical issues, I think, to be sorted out and translated into policy. Uh, as you know, the UK has um, is leaning towards what they call trying to cultivate herd immunity, uh, by which they mean trying to focus on keeping those most at risk uh, safe uh, while being less concerned than perhaps we are at the moment with the general population. Uh, the idea being that uh, over time you will sort of get a, a large pool of people who can resist the virus, which will blunt future transmission. Thanks, Kim. Cheers. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at EPFR. You can get more information on this and other topics by going to financialintelligence.informa.com. There you can sign up to get Cam's weekly EPFR Navigator email or see any of the other content from Informa Global Markets or Informa Investment Solutions. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast.